Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's show, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is this, what does it mean to have reverence for God? Well, what a great question. In Hebrews 12, 18 through 24, we observe a dramatic scene in Bible geography. The writer of Hebrews has shown us two mountains in succession, First was the Mount Zion, from which the law was given to the Exodus generation. It was a mountain of foreboding, striking out with lightning and fire, darkness and gloom. Its message was the danger of drawing near to God in His holiness. Even Moses trembled with fear at the sight. And then they were shown the same thing after Christ came to take away the storms of judgment after the darkness was pierced with the light of the gospel. Sinai became Zion, the mountain on which... Uh, rest the city of God in the church of his firstborn. Cries of fear have given way to songs of joy. The feast of voices now invite us to draw near in faith unto eternal life. And on the basis of what we see there, that the writer of Hebrews intends for us to make some reflections about life and eternity. And with this sight in our eyes and this sound in our ears, he exhorts us in Hebrews 12:25, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. And given the glorious prospect set before us in the gospel, it would be, he says, the gravest folly to gaze upon this, to hear this call, and yet to turn away. Hebrews twelve twenty-five through 29, it, it completes the fifth and the final exhortation against the, the danger of apostasy, a concern that has preoccupied our writer throughout this letter. Now, see to it is a favorite expression of his. It, it denotes watchfulness for a real and even a grave danger. This is his great concern that some might deny the faith under the threat of persecution among the number of professing believers in the community of faith. And the point he makes in Hebrews 12.25 is one that he makes before. He, he's arguing from the lesser to the greater, from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. And if the Israelites did not escape the most severe punishment when they hardened their hearts towards God's revelation from Mount Sinai, how much greater is the punishment for those who do not heed the gospel, which comes to us from the heavenly Mount Zion? This is similar to what uh, what the writer of Hebrews argued in Hebrews 12 uh, two, two through three. There's no middle ground in the things of God. Now, Hebrews twelve twenty five. it argues from the lesser to the greater, from the law to the gospel. And our, our writer is, is aiming to impress upon his readers the eternal significance of the choices that lay before him. This leads him to a second argument in verse 26. Here's another comparison. It it starts with the violent scene out Mount Sinai. There God shook the earth, as Psalm 68.8 says. The earth quaked, the heavens poured down before God, the 
the one of Sinai. That shaking of the earth at Sinai, the, the writer says, it points forward to a greater shaking, one that will impact everything. And the writer of Hebrews explains this in Hebrews 12, 27, which is a quotation of Haggai 2, 6-7. We are reading a prophetic history lesson. It's a reminder that one day this present created realm will be shaken by God. It'll leave only those eternal things that are of the Lord. And what that means practically is that all the New Testament writers also make this point. 1 John 2.17 says, The world is passing away along with its desires. All things that people live for, all that we strive for, all that is of the world, it is ultimately going to come to nothing. In fact, he continues and he says in 1 John 2.17, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so Peter likewise writes of the judgment that will come upon the world after Christ's return. And Paul puts it most succinctly in 1 Corinthians 7.31 saying, for the present form of this world is passing away. And while the gospel it gives us a better revelation than that received at Mount Sinai, a salvation through God's grace in Jesus Christ, it is not a different God who speaks in this age. God is unchanging. He is now as he always has been, and this means that he is holy, he's exalted, he's awesome in his glory. He is still a consuming fire. You see, the gospel invites us to draw near to God, to live upon his mountain in the city that he has prepared. And yet it's also true that God's holiness places an eternal distinction between the creator and the creature. Hebrews 12, 29 reminds us of Exodus 3, where Moses saw the fire burning within the bush. God called Moses to come near, but he said to him in Exodus 3, 5, do not come near. You t take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And the imagery of God is a raging fire. It speaks of his holiness. It speaks of the reverent fear with which we must always treat the Lord. God can never be taken lightly. Even when the threat of his wrath has been removed by the cross of Christ, he's still not a tame God. He's always dangerous. You see, if you're going to have the thirst of your soul filled by the waters of eternal life, then you're going to have to deal with this kind of God. He will not, he's not going to move out of the way for you. He's not going to be tamed. He's not going to become more palpable, a, a chummier kind of God. He's never going to be safe for you. But you see, he is the savior. He is the God of majesty. He is the God of grace, the God who shakes the heavens and the earth, but gives to his own a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hebrews 12.29 recalls the fires of Mount Sinai is citing a statement made by Moses in Deuteronomy 4.24. Moses was warning the tribes about apostasy and idolatry, a betrayal of the true God for the false gods of this world. And never think that allegiance to God is a light matter. He is a jealous God. He's jealous of his people's affections. He is a consuming fire who purifies all with whom he comes into contact. And God being the kind of God he is, there's two essential ingredients to true spirituality that are found within Hebrews 12:28: gratitude and awe. And as creatures before the creator, we need to tremble with fear. We must reckon on the holiness of God with godly awe that produce reverence in all of our dealings with him. But to all, we must add thanksgiving. We are sinners redeemed by the hand of mercy, enemies who are reconciled by love, rebels who are made children and heirs of God's eternal kingdom. 
And realizing this, we must draw forth gratitude from our hearts for the gifts we have not reserved. And in fact, these two attitudes are given in the Bible as yardsticks by which we must assess all of our worship, all of our works, all of our lives that are offered to him. Let us be grateful, not wishing for the the world and stirring his jealous anger. Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, not forgetting that this is the holy God of heaven and earth, and he is a consuming fire. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org. 